Fantastic. So it's my privilege to um, just to share the word with you today, um, which is always exciting to do. And uh, do you know what? There's, we're in this series, By My Spirit. And Pastor Randy, over the last few weeks, he's, um, he started speaking about the Holy Spirit who fills us. Um, and then he, last week, he started speaking about the Holy Spirit who leads us. Um, and he spoke about um, he doesn't want to be inactive in our lives, but rather be and do all that he was sent for. And I'm so glad for that, right? That the Holy Spirit isn't just been sent to be this kind of like bystander, passenger in our life. But actually, he's been sent to be in control. Everyone believe that? That he's been sent to be in control of our lives. And actually, he's, sometimes it's the hardest thing, isn't it? To allow him to sit in the driver's seat, right? We just kind of want to be in control of it. We want to we wanna try and kind of have the steering wheel. We want to direct it to how we want to go. And sometimes we're like, God, I'm going over here. Do you want to come with me? And sometimes that's the way in which we live our lives. But the Holy Spirit wants to lead us and show us all the good things he has for us. Amen. Um, And so last week, Pastor Andy unpacked all of this. It's my privilege this week to speak about the Holy Spirit who empowers us. And I'm excited about this. It's funny because you're speaking about the dynamite that was said there. Um, And it's just before the service, I had a picture of dynamite as well. And I'm like, God, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He is that dynamic. He brings power. Everyone believed that, that the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he brings a power into our lives that wasn't there before. Anyone experienced that power? Come on, it's, it's a power that will change your life forever, right? So this series scripture that we've been going through is Zechariah 4.6, and it says this. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my, amen, by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And I love that. Because it just takes all the pressure off of us, right? It's not about my might. It's not about my power. But it's about his spirit in us. And I'm so grateful for his spirit being a part of my life. And the very reigning thing in my life. Um, I was going to qu- tell a quick story. So I love, obviously having kids um, is great for many, many reasons. Sometimes not so many reasons. When they're being as wild as mine are. But I love them a bit. Um, it's often an excuse to like, have a little bit of a throwback to watching old school uh, cartoons. And um, recently, Jeremiah, he's kind of gone back in time to my childhood. And do you know what he started watching? Power Rangers. And I'm like, come on. I'm like, Jerry, get out of the way. Come on, I'm having some of this. I'm coming down. Go, go, Power Rangers. I'm like, he's looking at me thinking, that's weird. Um, Paul is looking at me thinking, yeah, he is. Um, but I love it. And do you know what? I love the... Anyone remember Power Rangers? First of all, 90s. I'm probably looking at 90s kids here who like kind of and and a little bit before. Um, What is weird about it is I couldn't get how bad the quality was. As a kid, I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is great. I went back, 1994 kind of era, and I'm like, this is awful. Like, the quality is just terrible. I'm like, it's just... And even the dinosaurs, when they're moving, I'm like, they're a joke. What is this? How did I, like, how, how did I enjoy this? But it's something you just get sucked into, don't you? You just enjoy it. But I loved it because there's this moment. And just as we were building up to this kind of series and stuff, God started speaking to me through Power Rangers. Don't worry, I'm not, I'm not going to start declaring Power Rangers is the way. Um, could be if you want, but um, that's a different club. Don't go to that club. Um, but the, what was interesting about this thing with these Power Rangers at the beginning is it's this moment where these five kind of two girls and three boys are just living their ordinary life. They're just doing their thing. It's a bit cheesy. They're in this like youth club kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, um, something's kicking off in the world. And then it's like these guys get morphed into this place. And they're like, oh, where are we? And then they start talking about um, this, this thing comes through the screen and says, um, you've been chosen. 
um, to morph into these dinosaurs, and you're going to have this supernatural power. And then this guy, like, um, who knows it all, I think his name's Billy, he's like, yeah, I know this, morphine, metamorphosis, and he starts giving some babble about something or another. But what I loved about it was that actually, in the midst of that, I'm there enjoying Power Rangers, Jerry's there jumping around the room, but God starts speaking to me. Isn't it amazing how God can speak in the midst of just the most random things? And I'm like, wow, here we have five ordinary guys just doing their thing, and then out of nowhere, there's this power that's greater than them that calls them to a life that's greater than the life they used to know, but they're not going to do it in their own strength. There's a power that's going to come upon them, and they're going to do it in that power and not the power that they used to know. And I started thinking about this, ordinary people, come on, that's us, we're just ordinary people, but with supernatural power. Come on, say it with me, ordinary people, supernatural power. This is what God has called us to do. We're nothing special, but it's God that's special. And we are just vessels that carry this supernatural power. And I love it because at the time of the Power Rangers, they lift up this thing and they'd like, start declaring what they are, Mighty Morphin, something another, T-Rex, and it's like he starts going off on one. And then I'm like, but do you know what we do? We lift up the name of Jesus. Yeah. And it's his power, his authority that blasts through our life, amen? And I love this, because I'm there trying to enjoy Power Rangers, but I'm hearing this voice about God and how he works in our lives, and I'm like, come on, ordinary people. God loves to choose ordinary people, and I'm so glad about that, because I am an ordinary person. I don't have nothing special about me. You know, I'm not anything special. I'm just a normal guy that was broken, actually. That was a mess that God found and probably looked to him and thought, I could do something with him. Because he's just an ordinary person. That if I put my power in him, he's got nothing else to do other than to trust in me. Because he hasn't got anything to bring himself. And that's me, right? And in, in 1 Corinthians, I love this, when Paul's speaking to the Corinthian church... In 1 Corinthians 1, 20 to 27, you can see the full context. But just for the sake of time, the verse, 20, verse 27 of, of, of chapter 1 says this. But God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. Isn't that amazing? How God doesn't choose people with superior intellect and think, oh, he, well, he could use them. But he doesn't specifically say, oh, you're so clever, you've got all your GCSEs, you've got all your A-levels, you've got all of this, you've got all of that. Brilliant, now you can be used by God. He uses the foolish things. The things that God, the world looks at and thinks, you're just no no one, why would I listen to you? God uses them very people to then fill with his power. Amen? Have I got any ordinary people in the house this morning? Come on, yeah, it's okay to be that. Because you know what, it's a platform and a position to say, God, use me with your power. Supernatural power. They were given a power that was, they were not born with, and that's the reality. We weren't born with this supernatural power that God has equipped us with. Acts 1.8 says this, but you shall receive, this is Jesus speaking, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me, you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I love this. You shall receive power. When it's a promise of Jesus, it's a promise of Jesus. It's a promise of God. You can take that to the bank. This is something that we can stand on. That God, Jesus says that you shall receive power. And it's a power to do something with. It's not a power just to stand there and go, ooh, lovely, and I've got a nice bit of power on me. But you know the word power means ability, miracle, ruler. It means a supernatural power that comes upon you, powerful Mighty, able, brilliant, displays of power, enabled, excessive, 
fury, remarkable miracles. Come on, does anyone want this? Because I want this in my life. I want to be a walking, talking miracle. That when it turns up into people's lives, I'm not walking in my own strength with a knowledge that I know, but I'm walking with the power of God, saying, actually, God, you've got the answer for this situation. Amen? And I love this. This is the promise that Jesus gave us, that it isn't going to be about us. It's going to be about him, his power on our life. Luke 24, verse 49 says this, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endowed with power from on high. Come on. Filled and strengthened with a power. Where from? On high. It's not a a power that we've been given or born with. And I'm so glad of that. It's a power that comes directly from God. So who is in control? It's him. Who's in control of releasing? It's him. I just come a vessel to say, God, you do it. So when I'm praying, I'm not trying to push power out. I'm just saying, God, it's your power. It's your power that's coming through my life onto others. I'm not standing going, come on, power, come out. I'm just releasing the name of Jesus. Power in the name of Jesus. Why? By faith. Faith. You can be healed in the name of Jesus. You can have a whole mind in the name of Jesus. You can be free from addiction in the name of Jesus. Why? Because it's his power. It's not mine. I'm not there trying to get it out and trying to make it work. It's him, right? And so it's a simple act of faith in his power that moves us. And God uses ordinary people and empowers them to supernatural ability. And I love that. You know, my life before I met God was a mess. You know, most of you know my story. It was chaos. It was carnage. It was, it was wild. And it was not just wild on the outside. It was wild on the inside. There was so much chaos going on in my mind that when God came in, I knew it was him because there was this peace that came. Come on, anyone experienced the peace of God that you think, wow, no doctor could have ever given me this. No medication could have ever given me. It's a gift from God that it blows in and causes a steadiness no matter what. And I'm like, wow, this isn't me. This is you, God. He brings a peace and an ability that's outside of this world. And he enters it into our very natural bodies. And it causes us to walk with a calmness and an ability that's bigger than ourselves. You know, An ability to see beyond the very natural and to step out. So there's a four points that I want to share about this empowered with the Holy Spirit. And then, then, then I want us to probably just pray or maybe go out worshipping or just see where God takes us with this. Because I believe God wants to kind of draw a line and see you grow in a greater strength of reliance on the Holy Spirit. Um, is that okay? Okay, so we're going to start by looking at an ordinary man in the name of Peter. Everyone knows Peter from the Bible. He was a fisherman. Um, And yet he experienced some incredible things with Jesus on his journey, yet continually failed. Come on, anyone there? That's me, if you wanted to know. You're walking with Jesus, and then you think, yeah, I've got this. And then you turn a corner and think, I have not got this. I'm mucking up here. Like, what am I doing? Um, And you get too excited, and you run ahead of Jesus. And you're thinking, yeah, I've got it. And you're thinking, no. There's there's a journey ahead of us. But Peter was a classic. But something I love about Peter is there's something that happened in his life. Um, This experience that happened when he was seeing Jesus walk across the water. And it's in Matthew 14, 25 to 31. And it says this, Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake, as he does. Um, When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. 
Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught him. You of little faith, he said, why do you doubt? Amazing story, isn't it? Like, I can't, I get in my head, like, when I'm thinking, how does that, how did it, was it rough, was the seas kicking off? But to just step out of that boat took incredible courage, because everything in your senses says, uh, that's weird. I mean, you don't do that, it's not normal. But when you see Jesus doing it, there's something that makes you think, it's okay. I think we can do this. And do you know what the Holy Spirit does in our life? Is he empowers you to step out. That's what he causes us to do. Often in our own lives, we try to box ourselves in and we try to hold within the area of like, no, I'm not willing to go. I'm not willing. Do you know one of my biggest fears was public speaking as a kid? Terrified of it. Absolutely terrified of public speaking. Have time off school, not going, not doing that. Go join, a, do, a, do anything like in a group. Uh, like, oh, I'm going to sign up. I'm going to try and learn that. Come to the public speaking bit. I'm going to quit that. Right, what else can I do? And it was like that. My life was this revolving thing of just, as long as I could get away from public speaking, I'd be all right. Yet then God calls us to step out. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit that does it. It's not by might, not by strength. It's not me. It's the power of his spirit that causes us to be able to say, do you know what, Jesus? I trust you. I think I'm going to just get out and see, oh, wow, it's okay. It's actually okay. And you just keep walking towards him. What is his spirit that does it? Is it spirit that empowers us to do it? So what's the thing that maybe we need to step away from? Do you know, for me, one of the things was that addicted behavior. I had a choice when I got saved. I could have just gone out and said, that was a lovely mo- moment. I've got peace. Great. Let's get down the pub. But I had, a mo- I had a choice to make. And I decided to step out and step away from that old way of living and say, no, Jesus, every day by your spirit, I'm going to walk towards you. Not towards that behavior where it leads down paths of brokenness. I'm going to keep, keep, keep trusting you, even when it's hard, even when it's difficult, even when I feel like I'm sinking, his hand's going to lift me up, amen? By his spirit, not by my strength. Some people try to get this quick fix. How come you got saved and it just dropped off of you? Honestly, I don't know, but all I ever know that I did do never took my eyes off Jesus. The minute I got saved in this room 14 and a half years ago, I never stopped chasing Jesus. I never stopped running after him for one moment. It was like, that was it, I'm done following you, Jesus. Even if he was running across the other side of the lake, I am sprinting on the water and I'm chasing you. I'm going to tackle you. I need you. I need your presence. I need your power. It needs to be you, Jesus. See, this is the passion that was kind of building in me, the fire. It wasn't passive of, yeah, I got saved. It was great. What's next? It was, no, Jesus, I need you and your spirit. Feed me your spirit. Give me your spirit. The Bible says when we thirst and hunger after righteousness, we should be filled Come on, does anyone want filling with the Spirit today? Does anyone want an overflowing power to kind of start breaking out in their life? See, addictions, unforgiveness, regret. Sometimes we need the power of the Spirit to step away from those things. Unforgiveness is a horrible thing. It will hold you in a place of bondage. And in your own strength, I'll be honest with you, you probably can't forgive. Because it's really, really hard as human beings to want to forgive someone who's hurt you, right? But the Spirit enables that because it's his power to say, actually, I'm just going to step away. I'm just going to release. I'm just going to forgive. I'm just going to let go of the thing that I did wrong, the regret that I'm holding on to, the bitterness, the pain that's hurting me. I'm just going to step out. And watch what God does. He heals our heart and makes it new. doesn't say it's all right what happened to you, but he just does something fresh with our life. And it's when we step out, it's when we trust in the Spirit to do that, that we see things breaking off of our life. But too often, we're on the boat of comfortableness saying, yeah, I do, don't, I do not like that person. Yeah, it's horrible what they did to me. And do you know what you're doing? 
you're never going to step out in the strength of new life. All you're going to do is walk in that all the days of your life, ever looking at Jesus on the water thinking, yeah, I can't get over there, because you're not willing to just step out and let go. Come on, we need to let go this morning of some things that we've done and that's happened to us, amen? See, Peter before and after is an incredible turnaround character testimony. We all know Peter beforehand. He was a great guy. I'm sure he loved Jesus and he was hard running after Jesus, but he was also wild. And he was often a bit worrying, a bit this. But do you know what? I love God saw probably in him. Passion, fire, hunger, desire. All these things. And thought, he's usable. Yeah, he might be a bit wild and he might speak a bit quick, but he's, he's usable. And so the promise to Peter was just wait till the Holy Spirit comes. I'm sure God couldn't believe what God, I'm sure Pete, God, you know, he knew. Wait till the Spirit hits this guy. Watch what's about to happen to the world. And do you know what did happen? Thousands got saved in a moment. Why? Because, yes, in his own strength, he knew how to step out. And he walked on the water in his own strength. But do you know what? He also cowered and became quite weak. And free. But when the Spirit came on him, oh my goodness, something happened. Immediate power, strength, and authority come upon his life. And what happens? He goes and preaches the gospel and 3,000 people are added to the church in that one moment. Why? The Spirit. See, in our own strength, we can try and step out, but often you'll start sinking. I'm just going to forgive. Oh, it's hard. you just got to rely on the Spirit. I'm going to get free from this addiction and you start sinking and it's hard and, because you're trying to do it in your own strength. But when you trust in his spirit, it's broken, it's done, you're delivered, you are free, never to be the same again, amen? So he became courageous in a moment and I think we need to re- really take hold of what, what happened with Peter in that moment and we need to make our own lives like that. Just drawing on the spirit, pressing into the spirit. If we're doing this in our own strength, honestly, it's a burden. It's hard, right? It's heavy. It's too much. But when we do it by his spirit, there's something easy about it because it's not me, it's him. Amen? So I believe the first thing the spirit wants us to do and the empowerment it brings into our life is this ability just to step out and step away from an old way of living, maybe a double way of living. You know, come on, we've probably been all been there before where you're kind of doing one thing, but maybe you're practicing another... The Spirit like, gives us the power just to just cut off and go, no, no more. I'm running after you, Jesus. The other thing he does, the second point, empowers us with new identity. This was life-changing for me. Um, gr- growing up, I never knew who I was. And I'm sure there's some of you in here that right now that probably think the same. When you, I used to look at myself in the mirror as a teenager and think, I don't even know or recognize who this person is in front of me. All I ever did was copy other people, try to fit in with other people. If I moved into this group of friends, I would then imitate them, try and be like them, just so I could feel like I could fit in. And then in doing that, I lost who I was. Because I'm like, well, who's Sean? No one would like Sean. You know, because Sean's a bit wild, Sean's a bit crazy, Sean's a bit chaotic. Some people, it's a bit too much, you know what I mean? So Sean just became other people so that other people might like him. And in doing that, I lost who I was. And so I grew up with an identity crisis. I've always tried to be like other people. And the first thing I did in a new place was look at people and think, uh, I'll be like them. And, and I lost sight of who I was. But you know what God does? When he brings his spirit inside of you, he revives who you are and he shows you who you are. And he brings an identity and he causes you to fall in love with who he made you to be. To the point where you're not going, I need to be like you. I'm like, no, no, I'm going to be like me. And if you don't like me, good for you. I'm just going to crack on. Because that's the reality. That's the confidence, the freedom and the victory that he gives by the spirit. I don't need to fit in with the world. Because I'm not meant to be like them. I'm meant to be who he made me to be. How can I be a light if I'm just mixing in with the same? I want to be different. I want to be the oddball. That's cool. I'm happy with that. 
Do you know when Gideon, and I haven't got the scriptures for this, but for instance, Gideon, when he was in that wine press, he didn't really know who he was. He just was there doing his thing. And what happens? God moves in and reminds him that he's a mighty man of valor. And he's like, who's he talking to? Because he doesn't know who he is. I'm what? He was always a mighty man of valor. The problem was he didn't know it up here or in here. And do you know what? God's speaking incredible things over you guys today. And you've just got to believe it by faith in the spirit. That you are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. That you are more than able. That Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is the promise of God. It's not about you. It's about what he's put in you through his spirit. So you're able to do all things through Christ who strengthens you. When you have Christ in you, you're unstoppable. What can the world do to you? Nothing. Why? Because his love is in you. And it's coming up from within, a well of life. How can they get in there? They can't. God has secured you. His spirit is in you. His power is in you. Come on. Who cares what the world throws at us? When we know who we are in Christ, you're unstoppable. 2 Corinthians 5.17, a very well-known verse. Therefore, if anyone is in, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Come on. The new, say the new is here. It's here. It's not there. It's not one day. It's here right now in this moment. Every one of us can experience new life just by saying, Jesus, I trust in you. Our identity is found in our new creation, spirit life on the inside. is isn't found in what the latest trends are or the different things. We may want to try and fit in with that, but it doesn't say who we are. We are who God says we are, children of God, precious to him. Come on, this is awesome. Galatians 2.20 says this, I have been, one of my favorite verses, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life now I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Praise God for that one. I no longer live. Good, because the old Sean was a nightmare to live with. Like, even for me, I was trying to get away from him. He kept following me. Like, he was horrible to live with. But thank goodness that Christ now lives in me. The Son of God who works miracles through our very ordinary, ordinary people bodies. Come on, this is the good thing of Christ. This is the great thing of the new creation. Our life in the flesh should be an extension of the life in the spirit. How often are you taking time to draw on the spirit? Because if you're seeing constant carnal traits in the flesh, there's a sign that probably you're not pressing in in the spirit enough. Because from that place is where our flesh should start manifesting not from the things around us. We need to draw from the well of life that's within us. And then that enables change on the outside of who we are. We start seeing things change on, you know, the way in which we think, the way in which we see things, the the patience that we have that we didn't have before is starting to manifest. Why? Because you're drawing on the strength of the spirit, not just relying on your daily self just to get through. Romans 12, 1 to 2 speaks of this as well. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I love that, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. That transformation is that of a butterfly. You know, when we look at a butterfly taking transformation, it's incredible, isn't it? It goes from this caterpillar that's a bit, uh, uh, what's that, get it away, to a butterfly. You think, oh, that's pretty. I don't want to whack that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, you don't want to, well, Paula probably would, bless her. She don't like insects being in her house. Whack, smash it out the door. Um, but you know what? It's like, it's like that, isn't it? It goes from this creepy, crawly, like, earth thing to like this thing full of color, full of beauty, full of, how does that happen in our life? When we draw on the strength of the spirit, when we allow our lives to be subject to the word of God and not the, the world's words. The world may say you're this and say you're that, but what does the word of God say you are? Because that's what's important, because that's the truth. 
It's not about what the world says. The world can have an agenda every day and it changes all the time. But God's word never changes. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. He's forever the same. Come on, we need consistency in life, right? Anyone love consistency? I'm kind of like, I just like a bit of consistency. Sometimes when things are a bit, oh, I'm like, oh no, I've lost it again. Lost the rhythm and I'm off on one. God's consistent with us. He's steady with us. He knows the way. I'd rather trust in him and watch my life be transformed into something so beautiful that I could never, of ever, ever believe that it could be. That's what God does. Again, in 2 Corinthians 3, um, verse 17 to 18, it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, liberty, that's it, yeah. And in verse 18, it says, And we all, with an unveiled face, contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. See, we're transformed ever-increasingly into his glory through the spiritual life that's inside of us. And that's why it's so important to be spirit-led. Because being flesh-led leads to just immorality, leads to carnality, leads to just death in your life, death in your mind, death in the way you're thinking, sowing seeds of death, destruction all around. That's what natural living does. But when you do spirit living, you're sowing seeds of life everywhere you're going. And your life is being transformed on the inside out. As we keep pressing into God in word and in prayer, which is all, it's all about relationship, isn't it? You know, having that relationship with God, that's what prayer simply is, talking. You can't have a relationship without talking. That is a very weird relationship. You know, just sat there in a room, just awkward silence. But how often is your prayer life like that? Just an awkward silence with God where you're like, uh, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's just just awkward. Our life with God should be a constant communication of joy and love and, hey God, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm so excited. I'm believing for this today, God. You know, it should be a declaration of our life. We should be so in tune with God in that way. And then there's a transformation that's starting to happen because you're drawing on the spirit strength, not your own strength. We grow into a transformed state through the empowerment of the spirit. And I love that because it is a continual thing. You know, there's this new creation that happens immediately at birth, right? When we say, yes, I believe in you, Jesus, new creation comes. But often there's now this journey with God of discipleship, of pilgrimage, where you're walking on the earth going, God, what have you got for me? And he's got hidden treasures for you. And it's like, wow, one day to the next, you're digging for it. And then bang, you get one. You're like, God, in your word, you said this, you know? And often when you have those revelations and you say to someone else, they're like, yeah, what? Because revelation to you is so different to someone else just saying it. You know what I mean? Like for me, when I read John 1 once, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. I was like, oh my goodness, Jesus. It was him in the beginning. It was like this firework went off in my head. And I went to someone in the beginning when they went, yeah. And I was like, oh, they haven't got this revelation. Because sometimes when you get revelation, it's so precious to you, right? Other people just aren't there with it. And so we've got to be getting those precious moments with God that he's revealing stuff to us. Where it's not someone else's revelation, it's your revelation. It's your revealing that God has showed you something in the word. And you're like, come on, how does that happen? Through his spirit. His spirit awakens your mind and your heart. And you're like, whoa, from the inside out. From the inside out. Not the outside, from the inside out. He wants to cause things to come alive again. Amen? Empowered in weakness. This is a really important one because how often do we look at our strength and think, that's what I need to draw on. I just need to, I'm good at this. I'm really good at this. I'm just going to keep pursuing it. But yet any weakness in our life, we're like, I'm staying well away from that. And I know there's some people, it's good to, you know, to move in your strengths. But you know what? Sometimes God calls us to a place of weakness just to manifest his spirit, just to show his glory and his power to say, look, I can do it through you regardless. 
2 Corinthians um, 12, 7 to 10. And we're not going to read it all. I'll just read verse 9. But it's, Paul was speaking here about um, what he was going through. And it says this in verse 9. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities than at, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He's got weaknesses. He's got brokenness in his life. And then rather looking at them thinking, oh, man. He's saying, no, no, God. Where there's brokenness, you can come in in your spirit and make it whole. You can make a move right here. I can rely fully. See, if I can do it in my strength, why am I trusting God? Better to be in weakness where I'm saying, like, right now, church, I'll be vulnerable with you. I'm stood here in weakness. I'm not stood here going, yeah, Sean's got it all together. Sean is great at public speaking. I did a degree in it. No, 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 no. This is his spirit moving. This is him at work in my life. I'm stood in weakness so that his glory may manifest. His strength may manifest. His power may be seen. Come on, this is him at work, not me. And so I'd rather boast in that, that God, may you be seen. May this not be a performance of me. May it be your glory going forth. May your anointing break out and start touching people's lives, amen? It shouldn't be a boundary line. It should be our faith line. That's what we need to do. Stop seeing it as a place of resistance and go, that's where I can go to here, to here, and go, no, no, that's where I can go naturally, but now faith. And it's a faith line to step out and start walking around going, oh, 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 this is scary. Whoa, this is really scary. But God, you're going to move. Because now I'm in a position of faith. So all the more better to be in that place where there's weakness, where your faith can move, where my faith can start to be exercised and your power is manifesting, amen? Come on, we need to be people that don't look at weakness as a problem, but we see it as a way of God moving through our life. Don't be held in the box by what you see as weakness. God will use it for his glories. And they say, most days I struggle in that. You know, one of my classic ones is uh, doing administrative work. You should see me on it. It's a joke. People will go, like, and I, it's a weakness of mine. But you know what? I just turn up and trust God. I just ask God to do it because you know what? It's not something that I'm sure, but God can still move, you know? So rather than resisting and putting myself in a box and saying, I'll never do that, I'll never do this, and bind myself into all this kind of thing, of, I just say, God, do what you want to do. If it means I've got to look like a fool trying to do administrative work, I'll try it, and it's great. Come on, let's just step out and see what he's going to do. Your glory. Come on. It's his will be done. Amen? And then the last one I want to say, as I quickly wrap this up, Maybe the band, if we can come up, I know we haven't got time, maybe to just, just to go out as we sing this last song, is he empowers us for others. So often it can be the focus of our own life, isn't it? Holy Spirit, fill me so I can do the, Holy Spirit, fill me, I need breakthrough in this area. But how often do we say, Holy Spirit, fill me so that I can reach a broken people, that I can reach a lost people all around me? See, Jesus, when he said this, he was, he was quoting Isaiah. He said, Luke 4, 18 to 19, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. See, Jesus was overwhelmed by the spirit, not so he could sit there going, come on, look at me, but so that he could proclaim liberty to people. It was an overflow for others, to set the oppressed free, to set at liberty those that were in bondage. See, the spirit is on you, to cause newness of life to come through you, but it's on you for others. So that you can be a light to everyone around you in the strength of God. And you know what? You can be a light to them. When everyone else is bullying someone, you can have the courage to say, uh-uh, I know a better way. Let me lift you up. Let me speak life into your situation. Let me give you courage today. God's going to do it.
God's going to make a way. When someone's suffering on the street because everything's gone wrong, God's put your, the spirit of God in you so that you can give a hand up and release his power. Amen. It's for you, but it's for, also on you for others. And we need, to, we need to realize that. You know, we need to realize that it's not just for us, but we're there to proclaim his power to others. And do you know what? In Zechariah 4, 6, like we said just a minute ago, the word of the Lord, it said, not by, my, not by power, but by my spirit. That spirit is ruach, and it means breath, wind, extension, spirit, mind, the heart, the immaterial part of us who you can't see. That's the place where God wants to move over your life today, I believe. He doesn't want to fix everything on the outside. Do you know what he wants to fix first? Your inside. He wants to bring you into a place where inside, the very center of who you are, is a throne room where you're saying, Jesus, it's got to be you. It has to be you. There's no other way. And in that place, his breath blows on you and breaks off every other thing. And then you start to see an overflow in the natural. You start to see it blow out in the natural. Amen. So come on, let's, why don't we just stand as we just, just finish in a very quick time of worship and just ask God to blow his spirit all over our lives. And hey, you know what? You may be here for the very first time today and you've never ever taken a moment to engage in a relationship with Jesus. And I'm gonna invite first and foremost us to just pray a prayer together that we can invite anyone who doesn't know Jesus into relationship with him today. And we've got a team that will love to catch up with you afterwards and, and give you a Bible and pray with you. So why don't we just close our eyes just for a moment, church, and just repeat after me. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you went to the cross and died for me and that you rose again to newness of life. I turn away from my old way of living and I ask for your new creation to come inside. I believe in you, Jesus. Amen. Listen, let's keep your eyes closed just for a minute. If you've prayed that for the very first time and you're saying, Jesus, maybe your heart's pounding, maybe you're thinking, oh, I don't know, should I, should I not? Maybe you, this is your moment to say, Jesus, it's time. I'm ready to come home. I need you more than ever. Listen, if you've made this declaration for the very first time, why don't you just raise your hand so I can pray for you here. Is there anyone in the house this morning that says, I need to get right with God. I need to make right with Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, I just thank you for every person here. Come on, church, why don't you just raise your hands just, just in this moment now. Holy Spirit, I just pray your breath over every life right now. Come on, just keep worshiping, keep worshiping. Maybe there's a thing on your own heart, a thing in your own mind where you're saying, it's been, I've been boxed in for too long. I've been resisting things for too long. I've been saying, I can't for too long. When Jesus is saying, you can. And you've been hearing a voice of doubt, a voice of negativity, a voice of restriction. Well, today God's gonna break it off your life and you're gonna be free like you never knew you could be. So come on, just in this moment, just sing, sing these words. Sing a word over your life.